0: are now listening to a 302 birds podcast experience proudly powered by tick pick Cupette, el diablo burritos nick's pizza and klondike kate's on the heart of main street when i was thinking about what i wanted to start off the podcast with because i usually started off with a quote or something you know to reflect like a week i was listening to fan today in my car and i actually started to cry about how fucking pitiful This team is, and you know, I don't like to start off the podcast with a curse word for some of our new listeners, but it's been that bad these past couple of weeks. Um, Picture on my wall, it reminds me that it's not so bad. It's not so. I really hope it's not that bad. I keep reminding myself. Some teams aren't in the playoffs. They keep preaching the zero-zero record, so there is hope, fans. There is hope somewhat with this team. After that embarrassing loss uh, last week. I mean, I almost want to laugh about it because it was that pitiful. it was that embarrassing, but I will rather just let you guys laugh at us, and we're bringing a longtime friend, a uh, really close friend to me and Jax on the show, one of our closest friends from high school, the biggest Giants fan we know, our boy Raf. Welcome back to the pod.
1: You're muted. You fucked it. You fucked it. It's okay. All you want to say is, talking shit. oh, the Eagles beat the Giants last weekend. Yeah, but you guys aren't in the playoffs. You're about to lose Saquon Barkley. Uh, <laughs> space. Sheldon Shepard just retired. So, like, Dane Dimes has been injured all year. So, I'm not sure what you guys expect uh, for next season. So, cool, you guys beat us. You kind of – we were talking about it before the show. You kind of fucked yourself with the pat – uh, with the fifth round pick – or fifth pick of the draft. Um, but, hey, that's all you got to say. I mean – it was a good ride. Good ride. You're always going to be the least of the east. That is for damn sure.
0: And, and while he fixes that, I just want to say, like, numb. That's like I think the biggest word right now, as a as a Philadelphia fan, a Philadelphia Eagles fan, that I can use to describe this. Tom, what's what's Delco looking like after that Giants loss? How's the whole Delco? It's on fire.
2: fire. Let me put you this way: It's not on fire. It's people are so upset and so numb to it. They started talking about our problems, like violence, they started talking about uh, politics, they started talking about uh, how they're messing with our water systems in Delco right now, how the infrastructure is so bad and what we can do to fix it. That's how bad it's gotten in Delco to the point we're trying to address our problems actually, rather than just mask them by just watching the birds. I literally got told to shut the fuck up because for the fourth straight week, I almost went a hundred percent on calling uh, Brian Johnson's plays. He runs four plays. Four. After all, <inaudible> run. Push, push. That's it. He called one slant route, and that was the one play I got wrong this weekend. Oh. That was the one play.
1: And we fumbled on it too. Rap, try to talk your shit real quick. Let me hear you.
3: 2.0.
4: I love it, man. I love it. I love it. This is the, I love Salucci kind of having a meltdown right now in my own presence. This just feels amazing as a backseat experience. I mean you're you're calling it. Salucci, you got the you got the tush push. You got the QB draw. I mean, those are the top two. You're gonna hurt your quarterback. How, how you
2: gonna- I forgot one play. I forgot one play. He has bubble screen. Sorry, he has five plays.
4: Oh, you don't you don't call that very often, man. It's more of the twist. Well oh, it's
2: on it's on third and twenty. He calls it.
4: Oh yeah, of course. Only
2: third and twenty. Yeah. Only third and twenty.
4: Oh, I love it. I love it. This is good as a Giants fan, man. It, I mean, this is this is probably my dream come true after the ass whooping we we received, you know, on Christmas. It was a bad Christmas for me. But last weekend was a beautiful weekend.
1: What like okay, is it just like, oh, you beat the Eagles. That's why it was beautiful.
4: It didn't mean shit. I mean it meant a lot more, mainly because like I mean, the playoff chances of you going anywhere are getting more and more slim. You've now got an injured quarterback. Your number one wide receiver is now in the dirt. Like, where is he going to be next week? Who knows? I mean, your okay. Your coach is folding in front of everyone's eyes. Everybody was was it's... giving him a nice little hand job about five weeks ago no. when you were when you were ten and one, and then, you know. What now?
1: It's not. It's not Sirianni. I can personally say it's not Sirianni. It's our coordinators. <laughs> Sirianni, you know, has that locker room still. Players still love playing for him. It's just the coordinators. We I, we've said it before. We see how much we miss Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen is a game changer. Like our offense. Yes, we have weapons out the wazoo, but with Brian Johnson's offense, like. It's nothing's working out, and we need, we need to figure something out because our team, I still think, is the best team in, in the NFC. It's just we've had a bad last five weeks, and it happens. It's like we've said before: any given Sunday this year, any given Sunday, who would expect the Dolphins to win seventy to what forty or whatever? No, it's any. It's a weird. It's a weird season this year for NFL. So I'm not all out on the Eagles. I know most of my fans are, but, you know, from what they say and they're going to turn it around, this could be Jason Kelsey's last year. So I'm not too worried about these playoffs.
3: Now, one point you did say about it's not Sirianni. Um, One thing I could say is that he was the one that hired those coordinators. So I think that if he is the one that brought him in, he should be held accountable, Um, not just – kind um, of Howie too. Yeah, but, I mean – Nick Sirianni was the one that scouted them and wanted them as his coordinators, so um, he also has to be held accountable for that. But yeah, it's the uh, Eagles are playing like shit, so couldn't well, agree more. I
0: have a question for Rat too. What's what's next for the Giants? Like, you guys have Daniel Jones there. Where do you build around him next? I know before the show you mentioned an offensive line. What would you like personally? They got Tommy
2: Cutlets.
0: Yeah. They do have Tommy Cutlitz but they're not going to they're
4: not going to start Tommy Cutlitz over a $35 million quarterback that they just made. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I I think I think I'd like to see more growth in the offensive line. I think it's pretty tough to um you know, year after year we've tried to build an offensive line that has gone absolutely nowhere. So it's, you know, as a Giants fan, you start to lose hope on like are we trying to pick rookie offensive linemen up from the draft? Are we trying to trade for for better offensive line? Like, what's the deal? But I think you know the biggest the biggest if ands and buts is Saquon, and you know who's going to fill uh, Sterling Shepard's position and everything like that. You gotta you got some big shoes to fill. Um, but you really got to start with that offensive line because if you keep running Daniel Jones into the ground, it's going to be another season just like this one.
5: Yeah. Yeah, you guys uh fired your defensive coordinator. I saw that. Uh Dable and him got into it a shouting match apparently on the way out. But for the life of it, the Eagles couldn't stop his blitz. I mean it was your guys' defense, you know, all Wink Martindale likes to do is blitz and the Eagles. I mean, yeah.
4: For the yeah that's that's Wink. I mean, like even even on the Ravens, dude, his his main thing was was blitzing. But at some point, it just becomes like it almost just becomes like repetitive, and almost you can see it coming sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah. Do you think uh, Wink's gonna come to Philly? I've been seeing some Philly fans saying Wink to Philly next year for defensive coordinators. Dude, about, that, they like his that swag.
4: Actually, be dirty. I'm actually not gonna lie, because because you're, I mean, you got good pass rush. You got you got a lot of good defensive players on on Philly, and if you if they're run right, like. It could be dirty. It could be dirty. Yeah.
0: I love it. Well, thank you for joining us, rap. I do appreciate it. And uh, like I said, congratulations on that win because that second quarter was the most de- – if it makes you feel any better, as an Eagle saying, it was the most demoralizing, awful quarter I think I've ever watched in football was served up by you guys to us, our arch rival. I mean, yeah. you guys are back. Now we hate you guys again, so it's fun again.
4: Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm just hoping that uh, the Eagles still do better than the Cowboys this uh, this postseason. So, keep keep I running it up, boys. Agree on that. <laughs> Appreciate you having me, man. Thank How you, about man. The How the you nice.
0: That's the nice thing about NFC Beast fans. You know, like we all like kind of like unite on that. Like, all NFL fans, I think in general, just fuck Dallas, which is great. But that's that's a beautiful part about fandom. I'm loving torts lately i'm not a hockey fan i'm an amateur as my uncle ballpark tommy would say but this guy is making me enjoy watching hockey they were down two nothing tonight i think is that to the canadians tom yes see that i'm learning about hockey i'm learning the logos all right i'm not cheating they were down two nothing and now they're tied two two This team's looking really good. And the biggest thing that I like about this team, and you don't have to know much about hockey to know this, they got grit. Like, I don't know anything about hockey, but I don't care what happens in the playoffs because it's almost like I'm taking the Flyers first round, no doubt. I'm probably taking the Flyers second round. Gritty teams in a sport like hockey make it far. I think that John Tortorella has done a very – a great job and a better job than most people would have thought of getting buy in from these players. We thought it would be a two year project, maybe a three. Torts would be gone by then. As Zep said, he would be the enforcer. It's going really well, and I just want to applaud him.
2: Don't please use the technical term. As Torts would say, the Flyers have balls. Um, <laughs> he literally said that in his post game interview. He oh, said he they have balls. Um, yeah. He he is literally coaching a group of prospects and nobodies and guys who were maybe slightly above average. Like, Couturier was slightly above average his whole career. Nothing, like, never going to lead the league in anything, but he was, like, a very solid player, like, one- or two-liner um, on a good team. But wasn't ever going to uh, be, like, top guy. He's changed his team. He's turned it around. He's made them... What was supposed to be a laughing stock of a team, a uh, cellar dweller all season, he's turned into a real competitive team. And all of a sudden, there's, I think they're third in the Metropolitan. Like, like they're doing great. Night in, night out, they have a chance against the best and the worst.
5: And uh, I love how everybody's coming to rally around this team. Like Dolph said, you know, he's not a big hockey guy, but. You know, they're making him watch it. And especially, what was it, two days ago with the, you know, the big Flyers trade, the drama that happened. You know, Cutter said he doesn't want to play for Philly, so we traded his ass out of here. You know, Jonesy stuck. I saw Jones say, you know what, if you don't want to play for Philly, then we don't want you. And the whole, you know, Twitter was all over it. You know, nobody talks Flyers that much, but – you know, a lot of non-Flyers fans came out, rallied around this team, rallied around this city. And, yeah, it's um, this defensive guy we got back. You know, he, um, Cutter may have more potential, but, you know, he's a, he's a guy that we can prop in right now on our defense. It's an upgrade, and, you know, he wants to play here. So I'm very excited to see that and see how the fans interact like him, you know, with this J.D. Drew 2.0 situation. Sorry, that's a bad name, Tommy, as a Phillies fan. but I know,
3: but you know. Oh, I- <clears throat> but what I was going to say, um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been watching Flyers more recently, and they're a fun team to watch. Um yeah Frost is a really good player. I like him a lot. But yeah, they're they're doing a really good job at just continuing to win games and that's the biggest thing that you could possibly do. But yeah, I mean, I watched more um highlights on this uh dude that they just traded for and he's uh he's 21 years old so he has a lot of potential and they said that he's really good at defense. So, um yeah, I mean, it's exciting to see what he could do with this um offense uh yeah just offense and defense eventually and um they're going to be getting Mitchkov soon so um like probably in the next like year or two so um it's going to be interesting when he comes um with philadelphia but yeah i mean overall um fuck cutter that's for sure um Um, yeah, I mean, somebody sent it into the group chat about uh, Delco Stakes putting out a thing saying that, like, he had a little bitch syndrome or something like that. Pretty funny.
0: I love that. That's good advertising right there.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Ash,
0: I know you watch uh, a good amount of Flyers. What are your thoughts on the whole Torch situation and how it's yeah, going?
6: I'm excited. I think the biggest thing for him, and he had kind of said this before, was making sure that he won over the players and got the players fully invested. And that's exactly what's happened. And it has been really fun just to watch this team suddenly become way more confident. And I'm not like expecting us to win the division or anything like that, but just the fact that I feel like we've seen so much more of a culture shift in the last year. And that's what's most exciting for me as a fan is not just the this season, but moving forward as well.
0: I love the culture shift, like you said. And it's not just the culture shift for the players. It's a culture shift for the fans, too. And that's that just makes the hairs on your back stand up. Woo! We're podcasting now, baby. The popcorn is cooking. And you know who's cooking this weekend is parlays. He said, you know what? I've been kind of going a bit, little bit low. I went 800. I went 700. Then I went all the way down to six. I'm tired of Dalt talking shit. We're going to end out the season with a bang decker locks
5: and th- what a time to be alive fellas we made it nfl playoffs you know best betting time of the year you know it's so fun you know get get your futures in now on the browns to win the super bowl no i'm kidding all right um our parlay you know yeah i'm tired of getting called a bitch for only the plus 600 odds we're going to almost plus a thousand here um, first game, Browns-Texans alternate spread uh, plus eight and a half. Honestly, that game, I have no idea who's going to win. It's uh, The Browns are two and a half point favorite. I think it's going to be very close. Texans can definitely win that one outright, so I like teasing them. Oh, man, this one's a sad one. Next one, I, I'm fading my Lions. Nobody wants to play the Rams right now. The Rams are red hot. They're going into Detroit. What a storyline, Matthew Stafford versus former team. And I saw something on Twitter. The Lions are sending a memo out that Stafford jerseys are banned for the stadium. So – um, going Rams plus three and a half. Sam Laporta out is a huge blow for the Lions. And then in this game, in, the Lions defense has been a problem all year. You know, some games they look great, and some games they look like uh, Sean Desai and Matt Patricia's pathetic-ass defense. So that's why I'm going to take uh, their two stud wide receivers over, going with Puka's normal over, and then a uh, Cup 50-plus, I think. I think Cup um, can definitely score a touchdown too for bonus props. All right. Now, my favorite lock of the week, I had to parlay. I, I got to figure out what to parlay with, but the, just the Chiefs' money line. They're playing at home in zero degrees. Come on. What do you guys think Tua is going to do on the road in zero degrees? Dolphins, dolphins are banged up. You know, I don't know if the Chiefs cover minus four, but Chiefs are the lock of the century. I hate to say it, but if you want to parlay it with the team, uh, Dallas, <laughs> I'm kidding. Dallas sucks. Um, so that that's why we're going um, Jordan Love, 200-plus pass yards. You know, I am happy as an Eagles fan. We do not have to play the Packers right now. I would be scared what Jordan Love would do to our defense, but – you know I d- I definitely think uh Dallas's defense is imperfect and yeah Jordan Love will have a good game but I think uh the cowgirls probably win this game so good luck everybody bet responsibly and
0: look at those odds man can I tail this bet a hundred turns into 987 dollars can I tail this Decker
1: of course you can I wouldn't recommend I tried it doesn't work ah uh,
0: you just didn't try it the right week buddy Ah, um, but yeah, we'll find out and big shout out to sharps for sponsoring that segment. If you guys aren't download the sharps app and be sure to use our code. The link is in the bio or you can DM me um, and I will get you on that app, but it's an awesome social media outlet where you can brag with your friends about sports betting, talk some shit. And if you're like Decker, be like, yeah, guys, this is how you turn a hundo into a band real quick. Um, this has been awful, awful. As a whole, for this team, is this the worst collapse in Philly sports? Who wants Who wants to take this one first? Because this question sucks ass. I'm not gonna lie.
2: <laughs> I got you, Duchy. Because Because what's, what's the what's the comparison everybody's been making all week? The 1964 Philadelphia Phillies. Now I know if for anyone to really remember this, you got to be about 75 years old. Oh, <laughs> because you probably be about 12. But
1: uh I thought it was sixty-six.
2: No, it was nineteen sixty-four. Trust me, Jackson, you can look it up. Look it up. I want you to look it up right now after doing that. That I'm calling your ass out on it. But nineteen sixty four Phillies, ten game they had they lost ten games in the span of nine days. All they needed to do was go oh uh or they lost twelve games really in the span of uh, ten days. because they had two double headers at the end of September. And back in nineteen sixty four, the MLB didn't have a playoff system yet. It so what they then did was, is if you were if you had the best record in the National League and American League, that two faced off in the World Series. So by the Phillies not even being able to go two and ten in the final stretch. Of that of that ten day period in September, all they need to do is win two and two games in twelve in two in twelve games total, and you're you're in the World Series. and they collapsed, and then they never made it back to World Series or had a chance at the World Series. They didn't even crack top five till 1976, twelve years later. That's what we could see with the birds here go from riding high. To all of a sudden we're looking at nineteen thirty, or we're looking at 2036 so their next chance at a Super Bowl. Like that's like the historic collapse we're talking about. No other team went ten and one in NFL history and failed to win at least twelve games, twelve or more games. We are the only team to do that. We are crawling into the playoffs of this is a dying team right now. And they look like there's 1964 phillies that crushed this whole series are in this whole city they're crushing this whole whole um they're, cr- they're just crushing our souls and Did now the 7778
0: flyers too tom uh that might be that, the worst in my opinion now up three it said I don't look. I said amateur of hockey. I looked up what were the worst "quote unquote" collapses in Philly sports history. I asked Chat truthfully, and Chat said in in seventy seven and seventy eight the Flyers were up three to nothing on the Islanders in the Stanley yes. Cup, and then ended up losing. Yes, that Damn. that might take the cake. I in my opinion, now that I might think have to hun, I turn. think
2: if you put that into modern, this is where we get into revisionist history as a society, I mean, but if you go back to that point in time in Philadelphia, hockey wasn't as big as it is now. Hockey got big after their two Stanley Cups in the, 74, in the 73, 74, 74, 75 back-to-back cup years. Sure, yeah, 1978, okay, it was big-ish then, but you still really just had the dominance of the Flyers, Sixers, and Phillies, really. Hockey was still gaining traction. It was only around at that point, I believe, I want to say at that point for about 11 years in Philadelphia. Because they came into existence, I want to say, in 1967, maybe 68. Um, the Flyers. And, that like, the team hadn't embraced this. Like, the city hadn't fully embraced the city yet. That's the only reason why I don't think it's as heartbreaking of a loss. Whereas, like the Phillies were ingrained in this city since 1883, the Eagles had been ingrained since 1936. At this point, hey, the the um, Sixers, after moving from Syracuse, had been ingrained in this city. So, I don't. That's the only reason why I say that's not as heartbreaking as maybe the, this law, like this collapse and the Phillies collapse in '64. Or that's the only reason.
1: All I got to say is we're still in the playoffs. Yes, we've lost the last one in five the last six weeks. But, like, it's not a total collapse. We're still in the playoffs. Like Matt said, it's a bad situation, but it's not the worst, you know, collapse. We still have the whole playoffs to right the ship and turn it around because, I mean, people are counting us out already. I love the Eagles fan base, or Philadelphia fan base. We're losing. Oh, you know, throwing the towel. No, that's not how it's. Yes, that's how people want to do. But like, we're we still went what eleven and six, yep. and we're still in the playoffs. Granted, it's an ugly last six weeks, but I don't think we should throw in the towel quite yet. We'll see how this game goes because this is make or break it for us. So I think we're being too harsh as any Philly fan base is. Yes, it sucks. We hate fucking losing for sure. But don't count. Don't throw in your towel quite yet. This team is still a good team. So, and we have, like, set, what, 12 days to rest, right?
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, all those injuries we had, Devonta should be back. I think we'll be good. I think we'll we'll, we'll beat the Bucks. I think it's going to be, you know, this is going to prove to the fan base that, you know, we still want this. We have all these old heads on the team, so. That's all
3: I gotta say. Oh so you were saying when uh to not throw in the towel, when is the time to throw in the towel? Like there's only one week left, it's essentially so like when is the time to throw in the towel? So I think you're throwing in the towel After right the now. <laughs> After the season's over about your going home this
1: week. After the season's over, throwing the towel. <laughs> no <laughs> the fourth
0: quarter in the Bucs game. If we end up fucking losing when we're laying in the dirt, like ah shit, this one's gonna hurt.
3: Yeah, I think you throw in the towel this week, um because essentially it's the last game of the season and it's either win or get your asses sent home. Simple.
0: So the towel's in for Big Sean basically is what we're hearing?
3: Yeah, it's win or go home. <laughs> it's right. just
5: crazy how uh, – yeah, just real quick, how fast – You're all good, go everything ahead. Everything can change in a month. Um, Ten and one. Now we're underdog. Oh, I know we're favorites against the Bucks, but now BG's starting the narratives. You know what? I'm tired of it. We're underdogs. Uh, here we go again. The Eagles in the playoffs, fucking underdog mentality. Dude, we're playing the Buccaneers right now. The Buccaneers suck, and they're not a good football team. But if we can start, if we need to beat them first one game at a time. Then we can start with the underdog shit once we're underdogs against Dallas or the Niners. So. That was just that's all that just quick point. We're 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 underdog mentality again, underdog city, all that.
0: So on a more positive note, looking back, we're past the regular season. Obviously, for myself, my favorite part of the regular season, I think, was the Kelly Green debut, the game against the Dolphins. I got to go with Alyssa. It was a very cool game to go together. It was just And you can ask Alyssa too, like being there that night when it was just, and a lot of people have gone to Eagles games where they decked it out Kelly Green. Um, Now they just have that partnership, I guess, with the company with the app on your phone where it lights up the whole stadium. It is sick, but that was my first time actually seeing it. And it was the Kelly Green game. So there was almost like an X factor. And I think for myself, that was probably my favorite moment. Watching the Eagles just dominate the Dolphins. The Dolphins were, you know, the team to beat in football then. And we just felt on top of the mountaintop then. We felt unbeatable. And unfortunately, it's all collapsed before us. But there were some positives from the regular season. So let me ask you guys, what were some of your favorite takeaways? Because the season ain't over, but regular season moments.
5: My favorite yeah. was um, the A.J. Brown stretch we had going on. I mean, I, if only we could find that shive again with A.J., but there's, what, five, six games, what, he had 125-plus. Um, like Dalt said, we, I felt unstoppable then. Yeah, I think A.J. Brown had a rough, like, two to three games to start the season, and then he just started going off. The, that that was my favorite stretch. We just felt on top of the world. We were dominating everybody. And you know when you break Calvin Johnson's record that you're doing something right as a receiver. And the vibes were good then. There was no fights, nothing with the media. You know, vibes were immaculate then. I'd do anything to go back to then. I hear that.
3: Yeah, I think um, my favorite point in time this season was when DeAndre Swift was uh, actually running the ball when they actually gave him a shot. So um, that's probably when my favorite time of the season was, is watching him go off for 125 rushing yards per game um, and at least a touchdown or two. So it was really nice. But, yeah, like you said, the Kelly Greens were probably the highlight of the year. I was at both games, the Dolphins and the Bills, and um, got to experience pretty good wins. So, um, yeah.
6: Yeah. My favorite kind of track here was definitely the mastering of the brotherly shove. I think it was just so fun to see all the teams try to replicate it, but they can't quite do it. And um, to see all of everybody coming out and talking about it from the Kelsey podcast to college games. I mean, I literally don't think I watched a bowl game or the national championship or a playoff game or anything without it being mentioned at least once. And I just think that's really cool how the Eagles have had this kind of sweeping impact on not only the NFL, but football as a whole.
1: I think for me, there's two week one. Cause baby football's all back, baby. Gotta love seeing those birds run out the tunnel. Okay. And then what week was it? Week 13, week 11, week 12. When uh, Big Dom had a little fight with Greenlaw on the sideline, have you guys noticed? After that, that's where we started hitting, hitting, the, hitting the you know the shit, the shit in the bed. Big Dom's back on the sideline this week, so keep that in mind.
2: Big Dom, Sandra Lee, Dutch. I like that a lot. I'm gonna tell you the last time I felt alive, the last time I felt joy with this team. It was watching Jalen Hurts put out his arms like, I'm the man. And after the Buffalo game, after running it in mm-hmm. right up the gut, it's the last time I felt alive. Seeing Jake the make, make that improbable kick in the rain and the wind was the last time I felt alive, Dutch. And that was easily the best part of the season. And unfortunately, it might be the best part of the season.
0: I hope alone I'm wrong. Alone again, alone. No, yeah, that's that's gonna be all of us come uh, Tuesday morning, Monday night, vodka bottle, shower, jersey on. You know the drill. Uh, if we get there, hopefully not. But I mean, let's just say this in our first rodeo. If we get there,
3: what is it gonna be? Is, as- is it gonna be? Uh, is it gonna be Bird Spirits vodka? Bird Gang. Ooh, of course
0: it's going to be yeah. Bird Gang Vodka. Good question, my man. Yeah, shout out to Bird Gang Vodka. If you guys haven't tried them out, we partner with them during the season. And that would have been one of my favorite moments, too, was actually a wild card moment real quick. Before we move on to the next segment, Sean already knows where I'm going with this. Favorite yeah. moment, favorite tailgate of the year, Bill's Tailgate. Bill's we met tailgate. this crazy-ass kid. His name was Decker. We like, didn't really know him. This <laughs> kid, like – He ended up breaking a table and showing Bills fans how it was done after he got embarrassed by Bills fans. But that's the cool part about Decker; He made peace with the Bills fans. And we got the W. And he
3: got the W. And he ate a chicken,
5: too. Yeah. Yeah, just a normal Sunday for me. (laughs) Just a normal Sunday.
0: (laughs) Elite answer, just like uh, Joe Flacco. And tonight we actually have an elite guest for you guys. Somebody who's also joined us, a longtime friend of 302Birds, Eric, a.k.a. Shard. Welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight, my man?
7: What's going on, brother?
0: Hey, I wanted to bring you on for this segment because I knew you would get passionate about it. (laughs) Um, I know you've been waiting to tear into this team, and I wanted to set it up for the right time. But looking past the regular season, going into the playoffs, what coaches do you want to see leave and who do you want to see them replaced with?
7: So I actually, I was talking to my wife about this earlier when we were having a conversation. Um, Obviously I I want to see Brian Johnson get the fucking boot. Dude fucking sucks. Dude is absolutely fucking terrible. When when, When all you can call are two fucking Madden plays, either a QB draw or a fucking bubble screen, you're not an offensive coordinator, dude. You need to be fucking demoted back to quarterback coach or you need to get the boot, go scrub some toilets somewhere else because the shit you're doing here is not working. You have an elite roster. You have two wide receivers with over 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons, and you're making them look like shit. Make them look like absolute dog shit. And if, if he had to be replaced, I mean, there's a lot of coaches that just got fired that, in my opinion, should not
5: have gotten fired that are way better than this fucking douchebag. Hey, Nick Saban's free. That's all I got to say. He just retired. And Bill Belichick. And this is going to be, I think, the craziest coaching golf season ever. Yeah, the
0: carousel begins.
5: What the hell happened with Pete Carroll? Did he get fired? Because it, it sounded like in his press conference that he never said he wanted to be done coaching. Like, Did they force him out and they're like, hey. He got, hey, he got moved Pete to something Carroll. else. Yeah, he's in the front office now. He's in the front office. Are you, are you, Pete? You're on the wrong side of 70. You know, we're about to check you into the nursing home. I think it's time. And he, and meanwhile, he's just chewing his gum. But yeah, we got a lot of coaching candidates this offseason. You got, you got, uh, what do you got? You
7: got Bill Belichick, you got Pete Carroll, you got. The you got the Titans coach, yeah. which I don't even know oh, why the fuck. Grable's a
5: good, damn good coach. We just fucking Howie just fleeced the Titans, and that's why they
0: suck. The Philadelphia Titans are reuniting next year. Would yep. you like to see Grable back be. in Philadelphia, Decky?
5: I don't know, man. Here's the thing: how I don't know. What What do you guys think? Let's say. If Sirianni got fired, would Howie go after an offensive or defensive coach? Because typically, you know, our last defensive coach in franchise history hired was Ray Rhodes. Personally, I think Sirianni stays here and we just get his bum ass uh, D League coordinators out of here so we can stop calling Madden plays. But, man, if you were going to fire your coach, this would be the offseason to do it. There's some fucking legends out there. Go after Jim Harbaugh. If we that's another name too. Like this, it, it, yeah. And the Bears are fucking keeping their coach like an idiot. <laughs> they, they're they like, hey, bring let's run it back in. with Matt Eberflus one more year. Yeah, yeah. That's they really. Good. Bring
7: in, uh, which they've been saying for a while. He doesn't have to be a coach. He can be an assistant. Bring in Frank Wright
1: for the offense, making him an assistant.
7: Please,
6: please, please. All
1: I'm I gotta team. say is, I don't think we need to get rid of Nick Sirianni because, no. granted. Yes, it's been a rough season, new coordinators, whatever you call it. But he's been the head coach for three years, right? The past three years have been in the playoffs. One out of the three years we were in the Super Bowl, and I would give him another year as the head coach and see what happens after the first year. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think we need to keep him for another year and then see, and then kind of re-revisit it next season.
7: Okay, but can but, I can I piggyback off of that and ask you a question? Yeah. Do you, do you think that the coordinators make Nick Sirianni look good or like, cause I, I mean, like think about with Shane Steichen and John Gannon, right? With him, he, he looked fucking great. Like he could, you know, lead this team into anything he wanted to do to a Super Bowl, whatever. Now you have two shit coordinators and you look like shit. So next yes. season, next season, if he gets two good coordinators, do you think that he'll be good again?
1: I think so. I think these are not the greatest coordinators to have. Um, yes, this is Nick Sirianni's playbook, right? But, I mean, I think we saw Shane Steichen. Uh, he was able to, to call different plays when they needed to be, whereas Brian Johnson, like, ha- has not been able to, to uh, formulate, you know, a good game plan. And I think by having new coordinators, I think – we will see a better season and it will make Nick Sirianni look better. I don't think Nick Sirianni is a terrible coach. I think his coordinator is making him look like a worse head coach than he is. Yes. To answer the question. So yes.
7: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I think as well. I think honestly, I think you said it earlier. Um, I think Big Dom was one of the. <laughs> I think Big yeah. Dom was one of the biggest things for this sideline. Yeah. Ever since he left, bad. I mean, the team's been shit. But there, there's a there's a uh, there's a theory that he was the one calling the plays, and <laughs> he was kind of undercover. And once he left, team kind of yeah, Big, Big Dom, yeah, Big Dom calling the plays from the sideline. Hmm,
1: conspiracy theory. Ah,
7: but um, interesting. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of close because I don't want to take up all your time. Um. I do think give Nick another season. See how he does with different coordinators. I think if we do do hire somebody else, don't get don't get these rookie coordinators. Brian Johnson's a rookie. Didn't, didn't know what he's doing. Sean Desai I think was an assistant for Seattle for a little bit if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he was ever an offensive or defensive coach. Um I might be wrong. I don't really know. Um
1: but Who, we, we Desai yeah, Desai. I know Matt Patricia was was Patriots. Uh Desai coach. was the defense coordinator for the Seahawks. Okay. Yes. yes.
7: Yeah, but I just I I think we need veteran coaches. I don't like what how he did in the offseason with hiring these people. I thought we we all thought that it was going to be a good hire, but obviously that didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to. Um but yeah, I I think this offseason there's a lot of good coordinators that we can pull from. And don't be loyal like we did to John Gannon. Like, we, we gave him too much loyalty, and it bit us in the ass, and we could have gotten somebody a lot better, and we didn't. But I don't want to take up a lot of your time. Uh, thank you guys for having me on, and I'll see you guys again sometime
1: in the future. Sounds good, Sean. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show.
0: And now on to our second-to-last segment, which is actually a trivia. But before we hit the trivia, I just realized we never hit our El Diablo intro. I apologize. Working on a little bit of a new show structure. And before I hit the El Diablo intro, I do have just a couple of housekeeping announcements for you guys who are active listeners. In the next few weeks, um, hopefully in February, uh, this will happen whenever the Eagles season ends after they win the Super Bowl. Homewood. Uh, we're going to take a quick break just for one week, just to reset, to get into season six. It'll be the end of season five, whenever that is. And we will be starting season six before we start season six. We want to make season six amazing for you guys. Our best season yet. I have a lot planned in. I want to do something where you guys can call in to the show live Wednesday nights where we'll be simultaneously live on TikTok. I already have Instagram figured out. That's done. That's handled but I really just want to get this show uh, more with legs and you guys are a big piece of that. So we appreciate all of you, but uh, for everybody's health and well-being, all of our podcast hosts that work super hard for you guys to make sure that they're here every Wednesday night, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come together and uh, figure out what we want to do to just make this show a little bit better for you guys. Not saying that it's not good already, but you can always improve. So we appreciate y'all. But with that being said, I do want to thank El Diablo for sponsoring uh, our call-in segment and being like the best burritos in Delaware.
1: What do I want when I'm in the state of Delaware? Of course, El Diablo Burritos. Customer service always is serving your food with a smile on their face, asking how your day is. Their food is phenomenal as well. Their burritos are out of this world. One of the best burritos in town. Their queso is phenomenal. Their burrito bowls are amazing as well. When you're in and around Delaware, Stop by your local El Diablo Burritos and tell them that 302Birds sent you. God bless your birds. Thank, you, El- Thank you, El Diablo Burritos, for that sponsorship. Uh, just before I go with the question, I uh, just want this comment popped up. Matt saying this, right? He's the one that hated this side. I told him he's an idiot. So I just wanted to make that clear um, about that. But anyway, without further ado, uh, tonight's question we have for you is, Which football player was drafted out of Oklahoma in 1988 by the Eagles and played tight end? Again, which player was drafted out of Oklahoma in 1988 by the Eagles and played tight end? A, Skip Sharp, B, Mike Mamula, C, Randy Beezer, or D, Keith Jackson? And we will give your answer at the end of the show. Do we want to see the scoreboard? I'm not sure if you guys did that last week because I wasn't on the show.
0: Um, Yeah, we did do it last week. I did not make it this week, so I apologize. We'll give you guys an update next week or whenever that is. Uh, We will crown our champion. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I can pull up uh, the score from last week. Let me go to our group chat, and I'll figure out what it is. If I'm not mistaken, I think Ashley's in the lead, right?
6: I think Tom and I are tied now.
3: <laughs>
6: right now. So, so he, I, I'm not I'm not quite there yet, but I think Tom and I are tied.
0: Yeah, Tom, I think is actually up. I think Tom last I looked had eight, which I think he got one last week, right? Or was he not here last week?
6: He was You're oh, muted. Were you at last week? I can't remember. I was sick. Okay, that's what I thought. So All I good. think then we will be tied.
0: Okay, well, we'll figure it out regardless. Um, but, I mean, it is a close match right now between Ashley and Tom. It looks like they're going to be going for the belt or whatever we're going to get for our champion, and we'll nail it to each other. I think it would be really fun if we all went in on a belt. And uh, that person for the season, the trivia champ, gets to keep it wherever they are in their room, um, in their podcast room, wh- wherever they want. But... It's a tight race. The fans, let us know your uh, answers in the comments, and we will get involved uh, into our last topic. Thank you guys for the patience. Look, it's a somber week for Eagles fans. I actually thought about, I I did today. I was like, what would it be like to travel to Tampa? What would it be like to go down there, right, and and watch this team play? And then I thought, my bank account isn't going to like it, uh, even if we win this game. It's going to be an ugly game, I think, even if we win. Like, best-case scenario is the Eagles winning a close game. The Bucks have won five of their last six. They're a hot team. They have completely bought into the whole Baker-Mayfield, Baker-Midfield aspect of this team. And, you know, they're all rallying behind them. They're one of the scarier teams in the NFC. You know, the AFC has two of them. you got the Browns and the Texans. I love that they're playing each other in the first round. You know, you let them duke it out. I feel like the NFC doesn't really uh, have that. Maybe the Rams and the lions is the closest thing, but this game, the Eagles, if you would have told me that we were playing the bucks first round, I would have said, walk in the park. The bucks are making the playoff. And now it feels like the bucks should actually be favored. The Eagles are two and a half point favorites, but I mean, like I said, bucks are a hot team. Five of their last six, they have experienced wide receivers, which is what scares me the most with these cornerbacks. Mike Evans, uh, Delaware guy, Chris Godwin, I think is a great player. So I, I'm really nervous because I think that the Bucks have an underrated offense. And the fact that they're playing at home where they're comfortable, where Baker's comfortable in the heat, I think that they could get a win.
6: Yeah, I don't know. I'm very curious. I'm nervous for this game. I think should the Eagles win it? Yes. Also, being two and a half point favorites is not much of anything. Um, in the NFL, in my opinion, I feel like it's two pretty evenly matched teams. The one thing that I will say is that Tampa, like Dalton said, is very, very hot. And the Eagles need to get their act together now, like yesterday. If we have any hope of coming out of wild card weekend and moving on to the next. Otherwise, we are done and Tampa will be the end of our season.
1: Look, look. They just lost, or they just beat the Panthers, nine nothing, right? That's that's three field goals, right? Okay. Um, we have they don't have much of a defense at all compared to us, and our offense. Yes, we've been in a, it's it's a little injured right now, but I just think, as Brandon Graham has said it before, as Jason Kelsey has said it before, they're coming out zero zero is what this slate is right now, right? Jason Kelsey, this could be his last. This would be Brandon Graham's last year. This would be Fletcher Cox's last year. So I think the players on this team are going to rally these players, these young players, to get them to be to straighten the fuck up because this is important. Win, and get, win or go home. Win or go home. And we lost to the Bucs two years ago, first round of the playoffs, and they're not going to let that happen again. So I think the Eagles are going to come out guns blazing. They have had a shaky – you know, last five weeks, um, but I think these veterans on the on, in the locker room are going to step it up um, and show us fans that they are meant to be here. They are meant to be a winning team. So I think the Eagles will win by at least two touchdowns. Wow.
0: bulk oh, okay. it. I like it. Are you taking that to Vegas too?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why these reactions are in my way. I mean, they're pissing me off. Anyway, Jack, that's all I got to say.
2: Jack, I think you're giving uh, our friend Brian Johnson too much credit. I think Brian Johnson's going to see the blitz and he's going to call a route for all his for all his receivers to run twenty yards down the field while while Jalen Hurts is getting his ass sacked again, and just like he did last week, like. I'm not sure what you you you've been watching, Jack, to give you this optimism, but okay. But Tom, it, before you it, continue, it's, oh no 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 no. Oh my God! We That's have fair. the it is two trash cans going down the block. Like whichever one wins the race, we will see. Hey, the Bucks are blitz heavy off or blitz heavy defense It's... Brian Johnson is a do whatever I can do to screw up this offense type of coordinator. he's gonna call all fly routes the when he should be calling screens for once he calls screens when you should be calling fly routes fly routes when you should be calling screens quarterback draws when they have spies is he like it's going to be a low scoring game. For the Eagles and a high-scoring game for the Bucs at this point, he because Baker Mayfield had his in this week. All the gods are telling oh, me he's going to win. You and it's going to be thirty-one to like seven <laughs> at this point. I oh hope my I'm God. wrong. You are just like any
1: other Eagles fan that's from Delco. That oh, all bets are off. We're gonna lose by so fucking much, dude. The Eagles are a better fucking team than the Buccaneers. Okay. I said that about
2: the Giants. I said that about the Cardinals. Look what that got me.
3: I said that about the Seahawks too, and look what got me. Yeah. This, is <laughs> this is you have off, you have.
1: I guess I'm I'm just optimistic. You need like you really we think are, that Eagles was going to lose by, you know, more than you know they're going to lose to the the Buccaneers.
2: They might. Yes. They just lost to the Giants. And it wasn't close, okay. either. Okay. But I, <laughs> I mean, like that point barely
0: beating the point the about barely beating the Panthers. That was a pretty good point.
1: Anyway, and Tom, Tom, we have said this before. Any NFC East matchup is always a good game, no matter it be the Eagles-Giants, Eagles-Cowboys, Eagles-Redskins, okay? Then explain so, to me the
2: Cardinals. They were That's NFC East. The Cardinals
7: they were NFC, NFC. They S- were NFC East.
2: <laughs> Back in, like, what, 2006?
0: Yes. but <laughs> No, like, like yes. in the late 90s. But that's still recent enough.
2: No, not in my book.
0: I would say my book, that is. That's actually, I'll, I'll also, take that one. That's Tom. like when the kid, like, writes Jesus has the answer on the test and you have to accept it. It's a good answer.
1: The fucking Cardinals beat the Cowboys, too. Like, what the fuck? Okay. So, your, your point is not valid. Okay, yeah, it was a tough loss. But the Cowboys, I think and I hate saying this, are a little better than the Eagles on paper, right? And they Mm -hmm. still lost the fucking Cardinals by at least, I think it was like 10 points.
5: Okay. To be fair, the Cowboys are... That was really beginning of the year, and the Cowboys proved that they're a different team.
2: Thank you, Decker.
5: (laughs) I hate defending the fucking Cowboys, but it's okay, guys. This is... We've been fucking waiting for the... Like Dallas Goddard even said, he's like, you know what, it was kind of like since we've been 10 and one um, he admits that the team was looking to the playoffs so much and you know Sirianni could have done a a better job of getting them focused you know for the the regular season games at a time because you know you're 10 and one you're top of the world you think you pretty much clinched the and the one seed and the NFC but um. Yeah, they weren't. Fo- they were focusing too much on the playoffs. So let's hope. Let's hope what everybody says. Like Brandon Graham, you know, this team's built for the playoffs. Let's see that. Let let. Uh, let's see if they're all talk or what, or if they're truly one of the biggest disasters in Philly sports history.
6: And we will find out on Sunday, Monday, Monday, Monday. I uh,
0: don't
5: of like course, definitely Monday. The anticipation. And they make us wait till Monday because they know that that's when
0: they'll get the most viewership. Nobody wants to watch, you know what I mean? As much as I, I think the Rams and Lions true NFL fans will want to watch, but you're not going to get, you know, the, the family sitting down that you will with an Eagles game. And if they – I don't know what's going to happen. I'll just say this, and, and we can go into our tribute in a second. I think that somehow, someway, the Eagles will be in second round and they will face one of these teams that they have a story against. Like, when you think about it, if the Eagles make it out of this, hypothetically, the NFL has a script for each of these games. If Carson Wentz comes into Philadelphia to play Jalen Hurts, the NFL is going to explode.
3: That's impossible. If the
0: Eagles play the Cowboys in Dallas, you know what I mean, in the NFC Championship or even in the Divisional, I think that game's going to go nuts. And, moreover, when this team hopefully knock on wood, don't want to jinx anything but makes it to the nfc championship and then has had that route to get there you know like that story it's gonna feel so good to beat the niners and honestly i i do want to match up against the chiefs in the super bowl i keep saying it but if this is the last podcast of season five i do want to thank you guys for listening to it i don't think it will be Um, I think we'll at least probably do one more just reacting to the playoffs, and then we'll probably take a week off after that. But just as a subtle reminder, we will be taking a break soon. Now to wrap up our show with our trivia answers for you guys. Time for everybody's favorite part of the show, 302 Trivia, with your host, Jack Dalton, the mayor of Delaware.
1: Thank you, Network, for sponsoring that. Uh, Tonight's question we have for you is Which player was drafted out of Oklahoma in 1988 by the Eagles and played the position of tight end? A, Skip Sharp. B, Mike Moula. C, Randy Keezer. Or D, Keith
0: Jackson.
1: And tonight's answer for you is Dalton's typing me.
0: No, I got it wrong.
1: Okay. Um tonight's answer is D Keith Jackson. Oh, damn. Oh. So Sean got it
3: wrong. I got that one. I said Mike Mamula, baby. I he thought was, was a linebacker, linebacker that
0: they drafted him in the 90s. Uh, yeah. I didn't read the whole question because I couldn't see on the ticker, and I just assumed when I heard the late 80s that Mamula was I think Mamula was the early nineties.
1: Yes. So Tom got it wrong. I did. Uh, yes. Sean got it wrong. Tucker, or Tucker, Decker got it right. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Was uh, and then Ashley got it right as well. And Dalton got it wrong. Um and I don't know if, if Matt said anything. No, he didn't. But, yeah, that is tonight's trivia question. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll give you the leaderboard next week updated
0: yeah and i don't have any other announcements if you want to go ahead and close it up thank you guys for tuning in
1: yes um well you know boys and girls fasten your seatbelts. this is going to be a ride this is going to be a fucking ride this is going to be nerve breaking this is going to be wild this is going to be happy this is going to be sad but Monday night, I think the game's at 8 o'clock, is when it matters the most. And the Eagles are going to take it to the fucking flags and punch them in their mouth and win. Other than that, I just want to hype you guys up a little bit. Um, hey, Josh! It's an outro, not an intro. Hit that motherfucking outro.